For 25 years, Mike's has been making lemonade the hard way. Mike's Hard Lemonade. Hard days deserve a hard lemonade. Mike's is hard. So is prison. Don't drive drunk. Premium all beverage with flavors. All registered trademarks used under license by Mike's Hard Lemonade Company, Chicago, Illinois. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, welcome to Bet the Edge. I'm Jay Croucher here with Vaughn Delzell, who is looking like a mix of Clive Owen in Inside Man and uh, oh. Reynolds in Buried. Uh, is the kind of uh, I like the second one better. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'd probably prefer <laughs> the first one. Uh, Vaughn, how was your Sunday? What uh, What are your big takeaways from the action? Uh, Sunday overall was pretty good, man. I actually spent it with some family watching football, so that was fun. Uh, the bets didn't go as well as the family time, Joe Jay. I was one and four on the day. We're not going to hang our hat because still had a good Saturday with college football. But uh, there was a couple guys. I know your boy B. John Robinson. You're probably going to have some some nice takes on him, but he went absolutely bananas today. Another game of over 160 total yards. And just a couple quarterbacks like Lamar Jackson. He was outstanding. The Bengals looked a little better in the second half, but still a lot of work to be done. So uh, a lot of look-aheads for me in week three and some takeaways to see uh, what we're going to see from those teams. How about you? Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, I was in uh, in studio today for fantasy football pregame with – Matthew Berry, Michael Smith, uh, and Lawrence Jackson, and then uh, and then stuck around to to watch all the games. Uh, we're recording right now during Sunday Night Football. Just as a note to people listening, uh, right now Tua Tagovailoa is carving up the Patriots. We'll see if that <laughs> holds. Um, so if anything breaks during this game, we don't cover it. That is the reason why uh, we're going to recap the earlier games, the one PM and four PM games, and talk. Week three openers, and then talk a little Monday night football to close out. But from the early slate, Vaughn, uh, I think my biggest takeaway uh, was that the Bengals are in real trouble. Uh, they are zero two now. Offense still didn't look right. Defense didn't look amazing either. Joe Burrow seems like he re-aggravated his calf. Jamar Chase has done kind of nothing in the first two weeks, which stands in stark comparison to what. Uh, Justin Jefferson and Tyreek Hill uh, in particular have done. And now all of a sudden the Bengals are facing kind of an uphill climb to make the, just to make the playoffs, let alone win the division where they're now down two games to Baltimore. And not just down two games, but they're down the first half of a tie break to Baltimore and to Cleveland, the two teams most likely to beat them in the division. The Baltimore tiebreak is particularly relevant, given that I think they're probably the better team, uh, and they've lost that game at home. Uh, and Joe Burrow's injured, so it's not looking great for the Bengals overall. I think that was my biggest takeaway from the early slate. Uh, what did you think, Vaughn? Yeah, well, certainly with the Burrow take, they had their game on Monday night against the Rams, so... He has a little bit of extra time, I guess, to recoup. At the same time, I love taking teams that are 0-2 uh, heading into week three that are playoff-type teams entering the season. It's just a max desperation spot. If you know statistically if you're 0-3 to start a season, uh, you more than likely you're not going to make the postseason. So if Joe Burrow plays, I mean, the Bengals, I think, are going to be worth a look, even though what we've seen from them 
in the first half primarily of both games, or I guess the first six quarters of the season, they have been pretty bad football team for the most part. Uh, I want to look at the Anthony Richardson injury. Uh, you know, he looked terrific. I know he's playing the Texans and everyone looks pretty terrific against Houston, but uh, he was very mobile getting in and out the pocket, making some nice throws. And if he's injured, I mean, Gardner Minshew stepping in, he looked terrific as well. Is there a drop off at all in your mind with Gardner Minshew? If he's the week three starter, the starter for, you know, a few weeks. I don't think so. Just because Richardson, I, Richardson's a weird player where he certainly looks the part, even against uh, Jacksonville in week one, he looked the part and he, he he runs very effectively and we saw that uh, against Houston, which is something that he quietly didn't really do in college that much. Everyone thinks of him as this explosive running quarterback and he is and he has uh, the physical tools to do it, but he didn't run as much as you'd expect in college, but certainly was running early today with the three for 35 and two touchdowns before getting concussed. So I don't imagine there's a massive difference in terms of impacting winning right now between Minshew uh, and Richardson, and Minshew, to his credit, I mean, he's 19 for 23, 171 yards, touchdown, no picks. Uh, he's a very serviceable backup quarterback. So I think for our purposes, I don't think it really moves the markets a ton outside of offensive rookie of the year, which was looking like, I mean, it was looking like it would be a head-to-head market between Bijan Robinson and Anthony Richardson after Richardson ran in that second touchdown. Then he gets hurt, Puka Nakua goes off, uh, Zay Flowers has a fine game, though I'd be a bit worried about his target share going down. Uh, but right now, that looks like Bijan Robinson's award uh, to lose. Uh, from Absolutely. other stuff from the early slate, and the Chargers are 0 and 2 now. Uh, mm-hmm. Brandon Staley has to be the favorite to be the first coach fired, I would think, almost an unbackable favorite. Uh, Atlanta get a win, though. That Desmond Ritter does not look right to me, Vaughn. He does not – well, right. He looks physically fine. He doesn't look right <laughs> like an NFL quarterback. Uh, Seattle-Detroit, very weird game. Detroit's defense clearly not fixed from last like season. Baker Mayfield looks magnificent uh, in Tampa, which I think might actually be kind of relevant for in terms of winning the division. And, yes, yes. Uh, they yes. look like a real team all of a sudden. I was going to say, I really want your take on this because I'm watching the game today and I'm like, Tampa Bay is running the ball just as much as they're throwing and they're actually moving the ball. So I looked up the numbers after the game. They've thrown 68 passes, no interceptions. They've ran the ball 67 times, 197 yards and a touchdown. They're 2-0. and And I mean, Rashad White looks like the guy. Uh, you know, no playoff Lenny, no problems. I think Rashad White is the running back for the next two or three years, and Baker Mayfield may have have his best receiving core he's had in the NFL thus far, um, just in Chris Godwin and Mike Evans alone. Yeah, and look, I, I one of my biggest bets going into last year was Baker Mayfield to win Comeback Player of the Year, uh, and obviously that didn't go well at all last year. I was dead in the water pretty quickly, but the theory of this it year. was, which is the same reason why uh, he's been like why there is a theory that he could be good this year. Uh, and I'm not sure he's going to win that award this year because Demar Hamlin's in the market and Tua Tagovailoa uh, looks magnificent. Yeah. But the theory is that, you know, year one in the NFL, he was awesome. Uh, contending for offensive rookie of the year was Saquon Barkley. Year two, he had this weird Freddie Kitchens year from hell. Year three, he was awesome again. And I think they went 11 and five and made the playoffs and Stefanski won coach of the year. Then year four, he did his shoulder and then it was just done. His time in Cleveland was over. People were talking about him as an MVP candidate coming into year four. And then he did his shoulder after a game and he was just never the same guy. 
And then he gets run out of town in Cleveland. And then he signs with the Panthers really late uh, into camp. And it just never happens there. And then he's randomly on the Rams. And I think last year was just the lost year. And if you want to buy into the fact that, you know, he's had two really good seasons in the NFL and he's a former number one overall pick and he's still relatively young. And now he's got Evans and Godwin, who, to your point, is is the best receiving uh, duo that he's ever had. So the defense is fine enough, I think. And the offensive line was the question mark. But if that can be solid enough, and they haven't played much in the way of defenses, but I don't know. Do you believe in the Bucs? I mean, I certainly started to believe in them more. The defensive line looked fantastic. I know they're playing the Bears offensive line today, but six sacks, negative 42 yards. When you got someone like Justin Fields, it's a little bit tougher to bring him down when he's as mobile. But, yeah, I thought they looked terrific defensively, which I thought would be the best part of the team this year. Uh, but if they got the ground game going, I think they can win the NFC South. And I, I did want your opinion on another team in the, the Detroit Lions and Seahawks because – Obviously, the Lions were set up for a letdown spot after being the Chiefs. And when you get a four and a half favorite in the NFL, that line is hitting like 40% over the last five years. Uh, so it's never an ideal number to be playing. It's just an odd middle number. But there was so much. And this, the NFL this week was, what, 12 and 1 to the over, Jay, which is incredible, uh, by the way. I'm, I wish I would have, you know, played some overs today. But Kenneth Walker, Tyler Lockett had four combined touchdowns. Uh, you got Khalif Raymond, Josh Reynolds, and Montgomery scoring four touchdowns, and guys like Metcalf and St. Brown almost had 200 yards. Uh, Seattle and Detroit, outside of, I think, Tennessee and the Chargers, the Titans' Chargers were the best game on Sunday. Um, you know, I thought this was a terrific slate of football today. Yeah, absolutely. And I think in terms of the totals going over, I'm not sure there's anything really macro to draw from that in yeah. uh, in term, I think it's just, you know, it's a small sample and there's probably just some individual units which were maybe overrated and underrated. Arizona's offense uh, being surprisingly competent. The Rams, Rams. offense continuing yeah, to look but- just really good. San Francisco couldn't stop them. They couldn't get off the field until... Yeah, that was my best bet today. Uh, the Rams team total under 18 and a half. I said, what, what is that? They've scored nine and 14 points in the last year against them. And, you know, they never go over that. But, yeah, I mean, I'll you know, Matthew Stafford's not a terrible quarterback by any means. But I, I definitely am shocked by some of the results today. And I don't think we should overreact to a lot of them. Yeah. Well, I think the Rams might just be a really solid team. I don't really understand how their defense is as solid as it is, but it has been. And Stafford's been really good. And if he's healthy and kept clean, then he's a really good quarterback. And Pukin the Koo is legit. He's just a really good wide receiver already. Uh, I don't understand how Tutu Atwell is this good all of a sudden, but apparently he is as well. Uh, To your question about Detroit-Seattle, look, I think that was just a weird game. Geno Smith had one of the worst plays I've ever seen where towards the end of the fourth quarter – it's, it seemed like he didn't process in his brain that once you make the decision that you're going to run, but then change your mind and start backtracking, that you're then not allowed to throw. Like, you just throwing the ball away, Gino. Uh, and you almost <laughs> almost cost your team probably the season with that play because if they go down 0-2, it's probably curtains for yeah. the Seahawks. But they're able to, uh, to pull it out in the end. And Gino, outside of that, Zero out of 10 play uh, was pretty impressive. And I think the lesson there is probably just that the Seahawks are 
going to have a good offense, uh, at least good enough, and the Detroit defense probably leaves a bit to be desired, but uh, but their offense is still is still pretty good. Uh, in terms of the later games, Washington-Denver, just ridiculous uh, across the board. Yeah. Uh, that's Dallas. Uh, I'm not sure how short Micah Parsons is going to reopen for Defensive Player of the Year, but uh, I mean, he's like plus 150 range now, I think. Yeah, it's got to uh, be a bad. I think I'm going to have to place that. Like he's, yeah. he looks ridiculous. He does, and he's he's the best player. It's just, I mean, it's him, Garrett, and Watt. Like, I, it's really hard to see anyone breaking up that trifecta. Nick Bosa hasn't really made a serious dent yet, uh, and we'll see what Watt and Garrett do on Monday night. But certainly, Parsons is the leader in the clubhouse. Giants Arizona was a fun football game. I'm not sure there's anything to really take away from it outside of those are two <laughs> bad teams. And Saquon Barkley looks like he's going to miss some time uh, as well. Okay, before we get into the week three openers, a reminder, it's an all-time AFC rivalry renewed on Sunday night, Vaughn, as TJ Watt and the Steelers travel to the desert to face Devontae Adams if he is good to go and the Raiders in Las Vegas. Coverage begins at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on NBC and Peacock. There are over 75 million monthly Tubi viewers. That's more people than there are golden retrievers. Which means Tubi is more popular than using meat-flavored toothpaste. More popular than never figuring out what W-A-L-K spells. More popular than kicking your leg when a human rubs your belly just right. Tubi, it's more popular than golden retrievers. See you in there. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. For 25 years, nothing has tasted better after a hard day's work than a Mike's Hard Lemonade. It's because since day one, Mike's has been making lemonade the hard way. We use three kinds of lemons, all handpicked from family farms then blended to perfection in cold press to create the epic hard lemonade you know and love. Mike's Hard Lemonade. Hard days deserve a hard lemonade. Mike's is hard. So is prison. Don't drive drunk. Premium all beverage with flavors. All registered trademarks used under license by Mike's Hard Lemonade Company, Chicago, Illinois. Uh, I'm going to race through the openers for week three, uh, and then you let me know which one jumps out to you. So starting off with... Uh, Thursday Night Football and the 1 p.m. games. Niners minus 10, home to the Giants. Vikings pick, home to the Chargers. Cleveland are four-and-a-half-point favorites, home to the Titans. Jags, nine-and-a-half against the Texans. Patriots, minus two-and-a-half-point favorites at Zach Wilson and the Jets. The Dolphins are six-and-a-half-point favorites, home to the Broncos. And if this result holds, it might get bigger than that. The Bills are six-and-a-half-point favorites at Washington, Detroit, minus four and a half, home to the Falcons, and the Ravens are minus eight, home to the Colts. Uh, any of those leap out to you as being particularly intriguing? With the Saquon news, definitely think the Niners' defense could have a bounce-back spot against Daniel Jones. I don't believe in the Giants' passing attack whatsoever. Uh, not sure how they move the ball and score on the Niners. That's definitely probably a good game for a team total under on the Giants, too. We talked about the Chargers a little bit ago. Um, I love betting the 0-2 team. So if this spread that opens as a pick em with Chargers and Vikings moves in the Chargers' favor towards one or two points, the Chargers might be on my betting card, Jay, and that's scary. 
Uh, but that definitely will be one. I like the the total in the Patriots-Jets game, 38. I saw that open. I'd rather play that probably than the spread. You know, divisional under is always a good look, especially when they have two teams that quarterbacks probably won't be there in two years. So uh, those are three games that kind of stood out to me. What uh, what stands out to you out of the 1 p.m. games? Yeah, there's nothing gl- super glaring to me, I guess. I think this Dolphins line is probably going to creep up to a touchdown uh, if this yeah. result holds uh charges vikings just i mean when when games are pick in general i think they're just fundamentally kind of interesting uh the vikings i think probably should have beaten the eagles just given that they lost by six and they lost all four fumbles in the game which is generally an indication that you know you've probably outperformed your opponent also sneakily that punt return that they fumbled i mean that was a big punt return as well which really was a killer play in the context of the game uh so and also, their week one loss against the Bucs, which at the time felt like an absolute catastrophe, well, if the Bucs are a competent team, then all of a sudden that doesn't look as awful and they could yes. have easily won that one as well. I don't understand the charges in general. I don't understand why they're not better. I assume it's just that Brandon Staley's probably not a very good coach uh, at this point. Uh, his one thing was fourth down aggressiveness. He made an awful decision to punt today when he really should have gone for it. I think at fourth and one, I want to say the 44 or that type of range. So I don't know what's going on with that team uh, and why they're not better than they are. Um, But yeah, nothing glaring jumps out. Patriots minus two and a half of the Jets. That's probably going to move based on the result of this game. I think Zach Wilson is is just uh, not viable at this point for him. Yeah, I was pretty disappointed that Dak Prescott didn't throw an interception against the Jets today. That was one of my bets for... uh, plus 105 odds, but Zach Wilson definitely threw a pick, and he was minus 260. So, so uh, the book's definitely on that. But I want to ask you real quick before we go to the 4 p.m.s. Jaguars obviously lost to the Chiefs, couldn't get anything going offensively, had a couple third and fourth downs that just looked abysmal. They're not only nine and a half at home against the Texans. Obviously, that's an ideal bounce-back spot for the Jaguars versus a team that's going to finish bottom five. Would you lay nine and a half with the Jags? Uh, back it's a teaser leg. Oh. Teaser leg, better option. Well, I mean, if if I don't lay the nine and a half of the Jags, then uh, you must infer that I would be backing the Texans plus nine and a half, and that's absolutely terrifying with how awful that thing <laughs> looks. Uh, I think with the Texans, the thing is, is that they've lost eighty percent of their offensive line, and it wasn't great to begin with. So at some point, your team just becomes non-viable on the basis of that. It's not like the defense is great either. Uh, the Jags, I don't know what it is with the Jags. It's just something they don't really have that much of a pass rush. They don't have a great offensive line. Uh, I think Trevor Lawrence is incredible, and I think the receivers with Ridley and Jones and Kirk and Ingram are fantastic. Uh, Secondary's fine. There's just something that leaves you a little bit cold. That wasn't a very impressive performance against Kansas City today. It's only put up nine points against that team that Detroit had a lot more success against Kansas City uh, on the road. I understand that Chris Jones wasn't there week one, but still would have expected the Jags to do a little bit better offensively, though I guess the defense was fine uh, enough. To your point about Dak, he did throw an interception for him. It's just uh, my boy Source Gardner dropped it. And (laughs) I think there's going to be a little bit of Dak MVP buzz because uh, of his stat line and the fact that the Cowboys look like a juggernaut and they're 2-0, but... I mean, there probably wouldn't be that buzz if you'd thrown a pick six to Source Gardner, which that it, in real time, that felt like minus 500 that Source I was, was going to 
Yeah, I was hoping you didn't even say that because when I saw it happen, I just said it's it's my it's that type of Sunday. We'll get we'll get it back next Sunday. Because uh, how many times is Sauce Gardner really going to drop an interception? You know. Well, I mean, that's the thing is that he only had two picks last year, and uh, I interviewed Sauce a couple of weeks ago, and he said, you know, the big thing that he was working on in the offseason was getting more interceptions. Well, <laughs> you're not going to get an easier one than that, Sauce. Genuinely. Keep working, Sauce. Yeah. Keep working. Yeah, keep working. All right, let's go to the later games. The Chiefs are 13-point favorites, home to Chicago. Seahawks, four-and-a-half-point favorites, home to the Panthers. The Cowboys are 13-point favorites at the Cardinals. Steelers, minus one-and-a-half at Las Vegas on Sunday Night Football. And then the Eagles are minus six-and-a-half at the Bucks. Oh. And oh. Uh, the Bengals are six-point favorites uh, yeah. home to the Rams. I kind of like the Bucks plus six and a half. Yes, yes. Uh, the Eagles have been outplayed two straight weeks, and they're two and zero. Oh. I mean, they were out gained over 130 yards to the Patriots. They had a lot of issues, got injuries in that game. And the Vikings, I mean, everything possible went wrong for the Vikings in the first quarter of that Thursday night football game, and they still hung around and battled back for the backdoor cover, which they are the kings of. But uh, yeah, let's see. Eagles laying six and a half on the road to the Bucks, who have a great defensive line, who have been getting after it. Baker Mayfield doesn't have any picks. The running game has been solid, and they got two receivers that have been to the Super Bowl. I do like the Bucks plus six and a half. The Eagles got to lose at some point, and that's a pretty good game, I think, to be sprinkling the money line. You'll probably get like two plus two plus two fifty. Yeah, I am a bit worried about Jalen Carter, who apparently is the second He's... best player in football after Michael Parsons. But him against the interior of the Bucks offensive line is a little bit scary. And uh, yeah. the one thing with the Bucks is they played the Vikings and Bears defenses, who might be two of the five or six worst defenses in the league. And the, though the Eagles, their defense is really banged up in the secondary. Tom Reddick hasn't had the impact that he was having last year. And I think the main thing with the Eagles is that. Just, there's something wrong with Jalen Hurts at the moment. And I assume it's probably just that he's adapting to a new offensive coordinator. Shane Steichen's no longer there. Uh, they've had a little bit of turnover, but I don't really understand why. His pick against the Vikings was about as bad an interception as you can throw because if 25 wasn't making the play for the Vikings, then 24 was there right behind him. To make the pick. Uh, so that's generally a problem when you're throwing a Pass could be picked off twice on the same play, so I assume they're going to be fine. They're just adapting to the new offense, but uh, that's that's a little bit of a concern at this point against the Bucks defense, which looks fine so far. Uh, what do you think of the Rams plus six against the Bengals? That was going to say if we're picking a second one. Uh, obviously, I'm interested if the Steelers go down zero and two if they lose to the Browns, which we'll talk about that game. Then I'd be really interested in taking them against the Raiders. Uh, on the road there. That's a great, great rivalry back from the 70s. The under probably be a good look. But, yeah, if Joe Burrow's banged up, not 100% healthy, the Rams are alive to win that game. I mean, their offense is looking more dynamic. Last year, 12 out of 17 games, they failed to score more than 17 points. Um, and already they're, they're cruising, you know, 30-plus in the first game, 23 on the Niners. Uh, so going against the Bengals, who have been very shaky offensively, the defense – Probably the worst defense in the AFC North, I'd have to say. Uh, you know, Steelers probably have an argument there. So I'd say the Rams are alive to win that game too. I might be taking both underdogs on Monday Night Football. Yeah, I think uh, I think there's a good chance, given Burrow's calf, uh, which he said he re-aggravated, that the Rams actually have the better quarterback in that matchup because Stafford looks yeah. 
magnificent at the moment. He, he looks better than he did his first year on the Rams because that first year when they won Super Bowl, I think he led the league in interceptions and he would have really high highs and then really low lows. Uh, and the fact that he's doing this without Cooper Cup, or he's doing it with... Uh, That's what makes with, it so impressive. Yeah, well, he's doing it with the kind of Cooper Cup 2.0, uh, the upgraded version, Puka Nakua, <laughs> uh, who continues to just look amazing and kind of looks like Cooper Cup the way that he uh, runs routes and, uh, and moves around the field. But I don't really understand how the Rams' defense is as solid as it is. And uh, someone who bet on Christian McCaffrey's over rushing today, I was very frustrated that the Rams' rushing defense, outside of letting up one big 51-yarder, outside of that said really solid. uh, And the Niners couldn't really get that much on the ground. Now, to be fair, Brock Purdy had two wide-open touchdown passes that he missed. And if he connects on those... Uh, then it's a little bit of a different game. But I do think the Rams are surprisingly competent and I don't think Joe Burrow is right. Okay, Uh, before we get to Monday Night Football, a reminder that Bet the Edge isn't the only show every weekday during the NFL season. You can also check out the Fantasy Football Happy Hour with Matthew Berry, Connor Rogers, uh, who right now is uh, rocking back and forth, concerned about Zach Wilson and maybe he's not the guy for the Jets. Uh, and I'm on that show too. It airs live on Peacock at noon, re-airs at 4 p.m. Eastern and is available on our NFL on NBC Sports YouTube channel as well as wherever you listen to your podcasts. I won't let my active psoriatic arthritis joint symptoms define me. Emerge as you. Tremphia guselkumab is proven to significantly reduce joint pain, stiffness, and swelling in adults with active psoriatic arthritis. Some patients even reported less fatigue as assessed by survey one week prior. Results may vary. Tremphia is taken by injection six times a year after two starter doses at week zero and four. Serious allergic reactions may occur. Tremphia may increase your risk of infections and lower your ability to fight them. Before treatment, your doctor should check you for infections and tuberculosis. Tell your doctor if you have an infection or symptoms of infection, including fever, sweats, chills, muscle aches, or cough. Tell your doctor if you had a vaccine or plan to. Emerge as you. Learn more about Tremphia, including important safety information, at tremphia.com or call 1-877-578-3527. See our ad in Food & Wine magazine. For patients prescribed Tremphia, cost support may be available. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Buying a master mechanics tool set usually means high prices, higher interest rates, and who knows how many years of monthly payments. But at GearWrench, we don't believe that your tools should take years and years to pay for. So check out Mega Mod Master Sets. The master mechanics tool sets that deliver pro-quality tools, organized storage solutions, an easy-to-use lifetime warranty, and much, much more. All for thousands less than you'd expect. So don't wait. Explore the sets and check availability now. Only at GearWrench.com. Okay, Saints. Vaughn are three-point favorites at the Panthers. The total there is 39 and a half. Uh, What do you think of this one? So I was actually looking at some player props for this game, Jay. I like Derek Carr over 30 half pass attempts, and I was looking at Bryce Young over 20 and a half pass attempts. I was thinking, obviously, division unders hit around 60% last year for primary most of the season. Unders and prime time were very profitable, too, at most parts of last year. So I definitely look at that with Bryce Young in his first home start on prime time. 
uh, you know, Saints defense is tough. And they limited Derrick Henry to like 63 yards on 15 carries in week one. Not sure how great Miles Sanders will look there in that rushing offense. Uh, so I kind of like the game under, and I think Bryce Young and Derek Carr will probably have to throw a little more than they want in this game. Yeah, I'd probably lean uh, Saints slightly. I think one of the most interesting things about week two is you get context for how well or not a team played in week one based on their opponent and getting more in- information about them. And uh, yes. I think the fact that the Titans held themselves together relatively well today probably speaks a bit better about the Saints and what was an ugly game in week one. And the Panthers, I mean, the Falcons didn't look great today. And I know they got the win, but that wasn't super impressive no. against the Packers. And uh, and Desmond Ritter looked awful. Uh, so I think with the Saints, one of the key things for them is that Michael Thomas looked pretty good in week one. He didn't quite look like uh, Offensive Player of the Year in 2019, Michael Thomas, but he did look oh, like a solid yeah. receiver. Uh, and you add him to Chris Olave, who I think is already – one of the 10 best wide receivers in football, uh, and then also Rashid Shahid, uh, who's pretty exciting as well. And I think this offense for the Saints is, uh, could be a strength of the team as opposed to kind of a weakness they've had to carry with an excellent defense the past couple of years. And uh, Bryce Young's just got nothing. He's got absolutely nothing to work with. There's no real weapons there, yeah. uh, which uh, is – I really like Adam Thielen. But uh, 3.8 yards per completion, Jay, in his first start against Atlanta. 3.8 yards. I mean, it doesn't get worse than that. No, it's uh, it's not great. So uh, I would lean Saints in that spot. All right, let's close out with Cleveland, who are two-point favorites at the Steelers. The total there is uh, another lowly 38. Uh, mm. So a couple of pretty low totals on the board like on it. Monday night. Uh, I think the most interesting thing here is just how does Deshaun Watson go against the Steelers' defense, which was terrible against San Francisco, but you still expect to be a decent unit even without Cam Haywood. Because uh, I thought Deshaun, even though he got the win in week one and had the good rushing touchdown and like, he, he was functional enough on the ground, but through the air, he looked awful again. He looked like the same mm-hmm. guy who was terrible the back six, back six final six weeks of last season when he came back. So that's what I'm most interested in. Uh, and then also just how dominant can this Cleveland defense be? Because they look like you know, a top three defense in the league in week one in uh, destroying the Bengals. And with Miles Garrett being moved around the formation, it just makes them even scarier. Uh, yeah. So I think both of the most interesting parts of the game are kind of on Cleveland's side, uh, how their offense and defense looks. But uh, what are you expecting out of this one? I do think this is a line that you look at and you think this is way too easy. Like Cleveland obviously showed much more in week one than Pittsburgh did. I was at the Steelers game at Akershire Stadium for that one. I watched with a Niners fan who flew in and it was abysmal. It was the worst football viewing experience I've literally ever had in my life. And Drew and I joked about that on Wednesday's episode, but there's no way the Steelers can look that bad. Back-to-back home games, week two, on Monday Night Football too. Like if you don't know about Mike Tomlin on Monday Night Football, He's 19 and three all time, 86% winning percentage. He gets it done on Monday Night Football. Uh, he's also 24 seven and one against the Browns' career, which is 77%. And they haven't been home underdogs against Cleveland uh, since 2019. Uh, and they won that game with Devlin Hodges at quarterback, Jay, 20 to 13. But uh, only 12 times has uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers, a team I've grown up with, has lost by 20 or more points and since 2007, 12 times. 
and they've gone 10 and two in those games uh, the following week. So I'm definitely interested in what they're going to do versus their little brother is what we call them here in Pittsburgh, Cleveland Browns. Uh, but also I just want to know too, that the Cleveland Browns only had one winning streak last year. Um, weeks 12 and 13, they won back-to-back games. Other than that, they did not win back-to-back games. The season before that in 2021, they had one winning streak again that season. So uh, I don't know if we can fully put our eggs in the basket for Cleveland and say that they're an actually a good team after Cincinnati looks so bad in week one. So I like Pittsburgh. Um, I would take the under as well, another divisional under, two teams very familiar with one another. Yeah, I'm not sure I'd call Miles Garrett my little brother, um, but outside Well, of that, no, I mean, that's one man I would never say that to, but almost anyone else on that team, yeah, we could say that. <laughs> yeah, I think with the Steelers, uh, I'd be a little bit concerned the fact that San Francisco just did whatever they wanted on the ground against Pittsburgh, and then mm-hmm. the Rams were kind of largely able to bottle up the San Francisco rushing attack outside of the big CMC run, but... And then also there's the fact that they look that bad and then Cam Haywood is now gone. The offense looked that bad and now Deontay Johnson, probably the best wide receiver. No, 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 he's not. He's not. Don't ever say that again, Jay. Lily, do not ever say that again. George Pickens. George Pickens George Pickens. That's because they don't know what they're doing. Um, First off, they brought the Pittsburgh Polka out before the Niners game, so they were bound to lose. And they ran a four-yard hitch to George Pickens when they should have just threw it 30 yards downfield. But – they have a lot of problems right now, I will admit. But there's no way that you could possibly look that bad back-to-back weeks. Maybe six quarters. Maybe this first half, I will give you that. Like the Giants look bad against the Cardinals. But once you find your your uh, flow, I think the Steelers will find their flow at some point. Okay. Yeah, I don't have a great deal of confidence in this game just because I have no idea what Deshaun Watson is. And I think until he proves otherwise, you kind of have to project him as a – Slightly below average quarterback who could just turn into a top five quarterback at any given moment. But until he gets to that point, I still just think that even with the Jack Conklin injury, that Cleveland offensive line and Nick Chubb and that defense, which Mm -hmm. I think is legitimate, uh, I've just got a little bit more faith in that than this banged up Steelers. I mean, this banged up Steelers team in general, really. And also just Kenny Pickett looked horrific. He looked absolutely terrible in week one. Uh, And then you compare that to how... Good Matthew Stafford look today against the Niners defense, uh, and that's a concern for me as well. So not with any great deal of confidence, but I would probably leave uh, lean Cleveland. All right, we are done, Vaughn. Don't forget to check out NBCSports.com for more information to help you with your wages. Thanks for those of you watching on the NBC Sports YouTube channel. If you're listening to us in podcast form, please don't forget to rate and subscribe. And also a reminder to find all your favorite NBC Sports shows on Amazon Music. Just head to Amazon.com slash NBC Sports. From Jay Croucher and Vaughn Dalzell, we'll see you soon. I won't let my active psoriatic arthritis joint symptoms define me. Emerge as you. Tremphia guselkumab is proven to significantly reduce joint pain, stiffness, and swelling in adults with active psoriatic arthritis. Some patients even reported less fatigue as assessed by survey one week prior. Results may vary. Tremphia is taken by injection six times a year after two starter doses at week zero and four. Serious allergic reactions may occur. Tremphia may increase your risk of infections and lower your ability to fight them. Before treatment, your doctor should check you for infections and tuberculosis. Tell your doctor if you have an infection or symptoms of an 
infection including fever, sweats, chills, muscle aches, or cough. Tell your doctor if you had a vaccine or plan to. Emerge as you. Learn more about Tremphia, including important safety information, at tremphia.com or call 1-877-578-3527. See our ad in Food & Wine magazine. For patients prescribed Tremphia, cost support may be available. 